Welcome, and thank you for downloading The 8 Biggest Problems, brought to you by Cadence Management Corporation. For over 25 years, Cadence has been helping organizations around the world to make a difference through project management success. Today, Cadence is widely recognized as a leading provider of project management training, consulting services, and supporting tools. Join Cadence President John Patton as interviewed by colleague Scott Allison in this episode of The 8 Biggest Problems. So let's go ahead and just dive right into what is problem number four. Well, Scott, problem number four is why I started Cadence. People don't know how to plan a project. And our success has been based in large part on teaching people how to plan so that they can control a project. Why does this happen? Some of the reasons that I think of is, you know, look, look at the kinds of people who work on projects. They're precise people. We have engineers, technical people, and they like to be precise and they like to be right. Planning talks about the future. The future is imprecise. And when we predict the future, when we talk about where we're going to be, what we're going to do, we're going to make some mistakes. And that's uncomfortable. Also, planning is hard work. It is very hard work. One of our services is rapid project planning. And we'll take a project of any size, medium, large, and plan it in two to four days. And one of the things we ask people not to do is have evening activities during those three or four days of planning because they're going to be tired. And I've seen people leave an eight-hour session exhausted. It's hard work. Also, the tools of planning are not well understood. Many managers, many people who work on projects think a project plan is a schedule. Well, it's an adequate plan for a micro project or a small project. But the risk and complexity of a medium or a large project really demand more components than just the schedule. Now, if managers don't know what's needed, in a project plan, how can they ask their people to provide that kind of project plan? And quite frankly, I've seen managers intimidated by a detailed schedule for a large project. They don't understand the project. They don't know where uh, to uh, start reading it. They don't know what questions to ask. So there's some real help people need in, in project planning. Now there's one more, which is my pet peeve, and that's weak managers. Somebody will come up and say, this is a really urgent project. We don't have time to plan. And the manager says, just get it done. We're interested in the results. Now, anytime there is a complex, risky project to get done with a short time frame, that's the precise time when you need detailed planning because you're going to have to maintain control and you're going to have to know immediately when you're losing control. So uh, across the board, especially for these weak managers, what would be your solution? Well, first of all is, is to understand what the sequence and structure of planning is. Now, number one, you want an approach to planning which is flexible and scalable to the size, risk, and complexity of the project. I'm going to describe here the table of contents for a large project plan and realize that behind this is scaling so that you don't have overkill for a small project. 
but a large project plan starts out with about a half page of background. Why did the company decide to do this project? So that people can answer consistently when they're asked. Second is in project objective statement. This is a single sentence which states the bounds of the project. We'd like it to be less than 25 words and it should state the cost schedule and performance of the project. An example from the Viking project at NASA, just to keep this really simple, was fly to Mars and take pictures in six years for six billion dollars. So there we see the boundaries of the project. We're going to move into scope next. Earlier uh, in one of the, these conversations, Scott, I said that scope should contain deliverables, measures, and exclusions. Deliverables are those final results that we're going to be placing in the operating environment when the project is over. Measures tell us how well these items have to perform. Those could be response times on a system. Uh, they could be the number of rings before uh, a phone is answered at a help center. They could be the percentage of products which pass a one meter drop test. Uh, all these sorts of things uh, tell us how good uh, the final result has to work. And then finally in scope we want to see exclusions. We need to define the roles of project managers, of team members, of the managers of each of those kind of people, of uh, the sponsors of the project, and think of a role statement as a temporary job description. So as a person is assigned to the project, what is their role? Remember those deliverables and scope? We're going to take those and we're going to place them on a work breakdown structure. Now if you haven't heard of a work breakdown structure before, think of an organization chart. You know all those boxes and levels? Yes. Instead of putting people's names in this organization chart, we're going to put pieces of work. So right at the top where the president goes, we're going to put the name of the project. Where the VPs and directors go, underneath the president, we're going to place the deliverables from scope. Of course then, all the work needs to be done. Underneath each of those deliverables, we're going to identify the tasks that need to be performed to complete that deliverable. That's called a work breakdown structure. When you finish a work breakdown structure, you finally understand all of the work of the project. Now the tasks that we've defined in the work breakdown structure are going to feed the following three sections of the project plan. The first is a responsibility matrix. That shows who does what on the project. So up to this point, we've been talking just about the work of the project. Now we're going to add the people. Who does what? And we want a pinpointed responsibility for each of the tasks on the project. Those same tasks will then be placed on the schedule and the durations and dependencies uh, will be defined and then they'll also be costed in the budget. There's a section in the project plan for issues, for risk management if that's appropriate, and then also an administrative section. Um, we could have a communications matrix there which shows uh, the different reports of the project, who they're uh, sent out to and when they're sent out, uh, as well as, um, um, I'm lost here, okay. We'll have an administration section of the project plan, uh, which is a catch-all 
for anything which doesn't fit anywhere else. You can have a glossary there, you can have distribution lists, you can have meeting times uh, for standing meetings. All of these kinds of things are what is needed to establish and maintain control of a large project. Now remember my opening statement, uh, this gets scaled back as projects get smaller. And we have the formula which uh, tells you, you know, what to use uh, based on project size, risk, and complexity. Second, in terms of the solution, is to develop the planning in group meetings. We've found that the commitment is much stronger when a person states that commitment in front of the full project team, as opposed to agreeing to do something in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the project manager. That's one of the benefits of planning with the team present in the room. Another benefit is understanding. All of the project team understands all of the project much better right from the beginning. It's important to get sign-off on the project plan. If we want an audit trail of released funding for projects that have been authorized, a signature by the sponsors on a project plan really communicates that they are signing off because they believe that this plan is adequate to get the change made, which is the project for the organization. It needs to be distributed to sponsors, team members, and functional managers. And then let's never forget that the day we start to execute that project plan, parts of it will be obsolete. So we need to make sure that this is a living plan which gets adjusted, updated, and modified appropriately throughout the execution of the project. Thank you for listening to The 8 Biggest Problems. For more information on this series or on Cadence Management Corporation training and support for your projects, visit Cadence on the web at www.cadencemc.com. All the tools mentioned in this series are available to download for free. This and all Cadence podcasts are available for free in the iTunes store. Download iTunes today at www.apple.com slash iTunes. Join us next week for the next episode of The 8 Biggest Problems from Cadence Management Corporation. Thank you, and we wish you only the greatest project success.